Whiskey, November, Romeo, Papa. To all units, proceed to your post assignments. All units, proceed to your post assignments. Natasha Kerensky, the Black Widow sucks courage from her foes' hearts and discards the husks of their souls. Jerome Blake, Future Visions. You're listening to Wolfnet Radio, the show that's been disbarring rules lawyers since 2018. I'll be your host this evening, Matthew. I'm going this year, the Beth Barons. And tonight joining us, we have, as always, Andrew. I go to the box, Minnow Crawl. Good evening, guys. And Aaron, gotta go, show's on, Coach Crawl. Good evening. Luke, not cordial, Charles Gideon Dirks. Hello, Wolfnet. Thomas, that's cheap. Silent Sea Raven Kruger. Hey, guys, how's it going? And Mario Tankity Tank Tank, Mr. Brutes Butte Garzolini. Good evening. Show as a surprise guest. Good evening. Literally surprise guest. <laughs> and you can always remember that if you've been on a show before, you can always knock and walk in. Whether we let you in or not. <laughs> or, or whether you, you want to stay. Yeah, there's a first time to get thrown out for everything. <laughs> I don't think that would be your first time getting thrown out. <laughs> no, it would not. Not even close. Want to shift into battle reports right away since uh, you've got some knowledge on that as well. So why don't we start with uh, battle reports, the Rumble on the River, uh, which was in Clinton, Iowa. 16-player tournament. Uh, that... Uh, Andrew, we're all happily put together and did a lot of work for that. Um, and also Kevin Witt and Raymond White both showed up, who are CSO artists, and blessed us with their presence. We had well, a lot of people. So, show Brute, up. how did you like that? Well, I had a great time. I, I mean, it's the second tournament I've had the pleasure to play in and always learn and get to do a lot of fun stuff and it's always great meeting some of the guys that I haven't got to see, you know, face to face. This time I got to meet uh, Drew Bethards, so that was that was cool being able to put a face to the to the name and someone I've talked to for about a year. So it's a really enjoyable time. Well, I'm, I will say this: outside of the four of us, I do believe that Mario is the only other individual who has made it to all of our quote unquote cons. So, thank you. I try. Making, I, I, making I those trips. I know that's not an easy trip for you. So, that's a hell of a drive every time back and forth. Tell you what, I think you've made more cons than I have. <laughs> I yeah, I've only seen you at one. It's either about nine hours going up to like Minnesota. So it's not too bad. And uh, what was it like showing up at that event? At the uh, the Crawl Sisters a go go one, or the uh, the Rumble on the River. Rumble on the River. Yeah, the or latest the, and greatest. Any of them. It was pretty cool. I, I, you know, going up to Davenport's first time I've been in that area. It was actually pretty nice, and I mean the hotel was 
but people were super accommodating and we got to play in an old pool area so you know filled in pool that was pretty neat made a made an awesome arena for gaming and just having everything set up was a lot of fun yeah big shout out right away to um the quality in right yeah the website Website Not- is the Econo Lodge, but it's actually the Quality <laughs> Inn, so it's confusing right off the bat. Um, <laughs> yeah, they were awesome. Uh, I think what Andrew, you just like started looking for random hotels in between Orange City, Minneapolis, and Indiana, basically. Well, I started off in Davenport, and they had a Radisson or some something that was right downtown on the river, and it was a gorgeous place, but. I couldn't get a. I couldn't get him to call me back. And B, when I started looking at room prices, uh, they were 120 or 140 dollars a night, and I was kind of like, you know, I'm dealing with gamers, and 140 dollars a night is pretty steep, considering you maybe want to buy miniatures instead. So I started taking a look outside, and Clinton was the first place that that came up, and this happened to be the first hotel that I called, and um, I believe the front desk lady's name was Rebecca. She was over the top accommodating. She sent me extra pictures and made me feel real comfortable about the place. And it proved out to be exactly what I envisioned it to be and how it would go. And like you said, they were over the moon accommodating for us. Ella, we had them pulling cable in a, in the walls trying to figure out how to turn a light on that that was hanging in the ceiling and when i finally when i was walking around i saw him digging in the walls trying to pull wire and i'm like die guys i thought this was a a light switch just if it's not a light switch we're good okay thanks for all of your effort but but we'll pass on that for now don't don't need to be pulling wires out of the wall (laughs) no it's not that big a deal but it was it was a great great time um great experience for us to be able to have to carry everything and run something um off off of known location if you will um and that uh that area had all kinds of restaurants within like a block or two and um how like a how-to store uh uh, hobby lobby and hobby lobby Lobby. walmart and kohl's and burger king and arby's and not to mention a bar and a restaurant connected to the hotel. So, I never left the place once I got there. <laughs> oh, and they had a really nice coffee shop just up the street, too. But it was I awesome. Should've, I should have gone there. <laughs> it was a huge space. Um, they let us use and all the tables. It wasn't busy at all, so it was good timing, and we had the whole place <laughs> almost to ourselves. Yeah, it was so. The venue was awesome. Hopefully, hopefully we'll be looking at doing that again next year because that that went so well and they were so nice. And the rooms were rooms were clean, rooms were decent. I mean, it wasn't a five star hotel by any stretch, but um, good food, good drinks, good space, and we were thankful to have the good people that that showed up to play. So yeah, um, yeah, it was it was super. And speaking of that, I heard you guys played some Alpha Strike, too. (laughs) What? Yeah, we just didn't go to the spa or anything. Occasionally. (laughs) Maybe maybe a little. Played a couple of games. Played a couple of games. Uh, Got in some tubs of terrain. (laughs) 
Oh, lots of terrain. Lots of stuff. <clears throat> um, so we had eight eight tables set up for terrain. Thanks for bringing all that and guys putting all that to use and building it. Uh, Andrew and Aaron were making all that stuff. Mine was just backup yeah. terrain. Yeah, so, I didn't get every I didn't get everything finished that I wanted, but it it was done enough to be able to get the tournament played. So I will. I'll be endeavoring to have it all done for the Battle Barn over Gen Con. And we'll get to that. But we had yeah. 16 players, which is amazing. Like, I, what, when we started this whole thing off, we thought, like, a 16-player tournament was going to be huge. And yeah. uh, turns out it went pretty well. So man, that's a good that's a good database and baseline to start thinking about more. I think we could go bigger. I mean, it was. It, I think it went really well. Yeah, we got a lot of really good data from this whole um, tournament. Not only on space and size, um, time allotment. You know how many judges you need per X amount of people. Um, you know, how long is a lunch break that you can get comfortably within that time block of, of, uh, six, I mean, we played what, 32 games of alpha strike in eight hours. So that was, and we had a, yeah. we had a live stream set up. Thanks for doing that. So yeah. we could yeah. oh, observe, well, change out terrain. Thank the hotel. Cause they gave us, they gave us the Wi-Fi that doesn't get used very often. So we had excellent, uh, excellent activity. activity the whole time, so that was super awesome of them as well. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, I, our streams are getting better and better. I finally got the countdown clock uh, figured out on OBS. So um, if you guys head on over to our YouTube channel, Wolfnet uh, Wolfnet Radio Podcast YouTube channel, we have uh, rounds one and two and rounds three and four up on uh, for your viewing pleasure. Um, a lot of fun stuff, a lot of good games, a lot of really good games. Um, so, one thing that uh, one thing that I do want to call out though that we did get caught out on, and I believe this was done Friday night, I believe, was um, how heat is applied, and Drew brought that to our attention because of his full melee list. And during com during combat, he was dealt two heat points. And at the end of the round, he had the question of, "Do I get to sink that?" And going back and rereading the rules, heat effects are applied before the cooldown phase, which is something that was we kind of caught off guard. But then, when you sat back and started to think about it, it made sense. So something that again we've been playing wrong but through these events we're figuring out more and more things and <clears throat> getting them right so uh, I think it I think that came into play a couple of times during the tournament but I remember two specific moments yep I, uh, I, uh, those are the two I have to leave it to leave it to old BB big balls to bring it all melee list to a 16 person tournament <laughs> that was <laughs> That was pretty awesome. 
that West was no joke. It was it was tough, and and I got I got to experience the applying heat to him and him sinking it, and I was like, oh, that's not gonna work. Yeah, that list that list hits you like a Mack truck. It is. Took half one of my Warhammer two C's out with one punch, and I was like sweating bullets, waiting for the next one to whack it. Yeah, yeah, it uh, it's no joke. Melee melee is a thing. <laughs> I don't know about all melee lists, but uh, it was it was interesting. Uh, it's got that much more reach too compared to regular regular physical too. Yeah, that two inch that two inch reach goes a lot further than you think it does. The other thing yes. that I wanted to call, the other thing that I wanted to call out too is is that at this event we had actually three brand new players to three fifty. Um, yeah. Brian, um, Michael, which uh, Mario brought with. And this was Kevin's first round with the 350. Um, so it, it again, it goes to show that, you know, just showing up. I mean, Brian's Brian didn't came in last, but this was this was his first 350 and his first time playing Alpha Strike, and talked to him throughout the tournament, and he repeatedly said he was having a blast and learning a lot and looking forward to the next one. Um, Michael learned a lot while he was playing and Kevin, I mean, to having played alpha strike four times, first time playing three fifty, and he finishes fourth. Um, that's, that's doing pretty good. <laughs> I was, I was impressed with his play. I was, I was impressed with what he brought and, well, with everybody, really. Yeah. Um, that that's one of the fun things about doing these events is seeing how people's minds work and whether they can get the thing that they want to do pulled off on the table. Um, it's just it, it's fun to watch. Every every game has something new and something interesting that happens. I mean, Matt, your King of the Hill match was. <laughs> The the options that happened there and, and the pirouettes and dancing that you had to do to stay alive, um, that was a really interesting match from a very, very small tactical level, the amount of thinking that goes into that. Um, and tactic of him going base to base where I could not engage that target that feared me, I had to think about intersecting fields of fire and then reposition or not reposition but I had to think ahead to this unit I can't shoot at it's paired off now I have to start crisscrossing fire and lanes of lanes of shooting and try not to get someone behind me as well in a restricted uh, objective position yeah, I had to I was sweating bullets Especially when he was going to hit a lot harder than I was individually. Yeah, I believe that was round three. What three rounds? <clears throat> no, I mean what? Uh, I think it was round round three. You were playing. Yes. You were playing yes. Drew. So if you want to watch it on YouTube, go ahead. It's it's round three. Um, <laughs> I think the the number one thing I heard from everyone was, "Oh, now I know what I'm going to put in my list." Like it was constant. Every game was just, you could see their wheels turning in their head. They're like, okay, I got to take that list out, but I have a, li a, a unit that I can put in there. And 
you could just see after the whole thing was done, everyone's <laughs> everyone almost wanted to go to the computer to <laughs> master unit list and <laughs> try to recreate their list and and what they could use and and what would make it better. But <clears throat> that was the well, fun part about it. And that's something that we've been saying as well is is that you can you can have a list in your head and you have a picture and I'm 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 guilty of it as well. Of I think this is this is going to do really really well, and until you play the scenarios, and it, granted you can play against anyone, but until you see those units on the table and you're trying to get those objectives, your list plays very different than what your head's going to play it out as. Just <laughs> hands down, I don't I I've never I've had a list that I believe will do this and something different will happen or something cooler will come up that I'm like, Oh, I didn't, I didn't think of it that way, but it comes out while playing. So moral of the story is play, roll dice, get together, play the scenarios. Interesting question. They will enlighten, they will enlighten you. Yeah, go ahead. It's kind of cool because we do have the back to back 350 champion on with us right now. In uh, Mr. Brute. Uh, question, when you were coming up with your list, did you know it was going to be good? Or did you have to play play it out to figure out how it worked? I, I honestly, I really had no idea it was going to work the way it did. I, I didn't plan that by any stretch. I, uh, I have to credit Ram Jam Gilmet with part of the idea. And then uh, and Todd... With the other half of it, it just it was a Tuesday night game, and I I happened to play I think the week before I came up to Minnesota, and uh, I had some units painted up already, and I was like, well, I want to show up and at least always have my stuff painted, and uh, I just threw together one of the units I ran in a Tuesday night fight, and I put some things that kind of complemented it together, and it turned out really well. I never, I never imagined it would play to the level it did. I mean, it, it, it's it, it didn't just surprise uh, everyone else; it surprised me too. <laughs> well, if you're a fan of tanks, listeners, um, three fifty is where it's at because t- tanks are good. <laughs> tanks are really well, good. <laughs> well, well and, and going back to what you were saying coach about everybody saying oh i'm going to tweak it this way you know tweak my list this way or that way that's like me going back to my collectible card game playing because that's half the fun is you realize i have a weakness here so then i'm going to adjust this way and then i'm going to you know discover a new weakness and it's that constant evolution which is kind of to me what makes 350 fun and i know i've said this on other podcasts or whatever whether it's tournament or casual um you know when you're at the game shop and you play with people and you go home and then you swap out a few units to try to counter what they're doing but they're doing the same thing and then you get back together the next week and then you're playing another game and that you know it's that constant evolution so it's not just oh i have fun for the few hours during the week it's i'm i'm thinking about it all week i'm trying to run scenarios through my head so it to me that's like the big big selling point so even if you can't set up a big uh you know tournament or even a small tournament if you just get together with a friend play your 350 lists you know have fun with it 
<laughs> and then you show up and you're like, oh, wait, you changed that. Oh, you would change that? Oh, so this, right. is, a, this is a totally <laughs> new oh, game. <laughs> well, and, and the thing to remember with that, too, is is that, you know, you're, it's just, I mean, if you play uh, Clash Royale, right, you have your deck of six cards playing a tower game. There are lists that you're going to do really, really well against, and then there are lists that you're just going to be shite against. It's... It's same thing in 350. Somebody's always going to have a counter to the thing that you're doing. And it may not be discovered yet. Like, Brute's all tank list, right? Or a majority tank list. There were some interesting things that he was able to do. How do you figure, How do you counter that? There's always a counter. We, through all of our testing, through all of the playing that we've done, we have yet to have found something that doesn't have a counter. It may not be relevant or prevalent right away but it gets discovered through the process so don't get discouraged i guess is where i'm going with it there's there's always peaks and valleys and it's always the person across from you determines a lot of how the game goes so the place to get discouraged is when they start talking about the face-offs during the the randomness of the game like oh no i gotta face somebody who's gonna kick my crap out of my list with their list (laughs) Oh yeah, it's, no, it is. <laughs> the whole time you're sitting there and you're thinking, "Oh, please don't let me roll cyclone." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because she'll just leave a battle armor out there in the first twenty minutes of the game, and then run around and take all the objectives. Here, kitty, kitty, yeah. kitty, here, kitty. <laughs> Jeez, I was so proud. <laughs> I, I got the I got to talking to a friend of mine, and I was like. Andrew's ch- kids have more experience than the bulk of us even come close to. <laughs> yeah, they've been the guinea, that was, guinea pigs. That was the is, second, your, is your homework done? Go get your list. <laughs> that was the second game. That was the second. Oh, see, my daughter, though, has been doing amazing work. She's got three buddies at school that they're playing on Tabletop Simulator damn near every oh, wow. night. She's taught them the game. She's asked me, Dad, I need the rule book. Or what do I tell them? (laughs) Or where's the where's the 350 list? So I send her the links and they're doing it. So it's as in everything. You validate that you know something when you can teach somebody else. So I'm over the moon ecstatic that she's attempting to try and teach some these kids, you know, other 12 year old kids, how to play. And that's, that for me is validation, right? We're doing something right. Cause we're bringing players in. So we're hopeful. I'm hoping to be able to get a weekend here where they can actually get together and throw on a table actually, instead of always on the computer. So we're working on getting hey. that set up, set up a kid's tournament. Yeah. That would tournament. be awesome. Youth league. Uh, yeah, hmm. I, I I honestly think like the you shouldn't get discouraged at all if you play. The, I mean, the first tournament I played with you guys, I lost every single match, and I had a great time just getting. I mean, it was it was a true joy to have my just just get trashed by a twelve year old and then stomped by a fourteen year old. <laughs> I, it, it was fun. I mean, I I learned so much, and I think like until you've actually experienced it. 
and you see what you're going up against and, and the kind of things you can do, you, you don't, like, that's how you kind of get this better idea of how to build your army and how to play it. And so, I mean, nothing beats experience. And, and these experiences have just been phenomenal. Yeah. And having that resiliency, too. Of like, did you see me come around that level, two and just get slaughtered? That was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't even leave it. Nothing was left. He threw two, <laughs> two hand-fistfuls of dice at me. <laughs> it, was a bunch, it was like a train, a whole, whole train of railroad cars. <laughs> so I mean, we've, we've, been, we've been very lucky in that regard, too, that we've had the competitiveness to want to win, but the don't be a dick has been prevalent in all of the tournaments that we've ran where, yeah, we may be upset or we've gotten discouraged because a rule is, is not the way we thought it was, or I didn't play this right because it was the first time I was playing the scenario and I didn't understand it. You can see that there's, you know, some folks that get upset and they're a little disappointed, but at the end of the day, they move on and we're still having fun. And that has been, you know, the big takeaway to, from all of them is everyone that has shown up has had fun and they come back. And, they and that R that RNG, RNG will either make you or break you too. So you could play everything perfectly, but the dice can still make you go cold and disintegrate you faster than making a wrong move. Well, that, it's, was, it's, that was Mario's first weekend. I, I don't think I've seen somebody roll as many ones as he did that weekend. I mean, every time you looked over, there was at least four ones showing up whenever you oh, yeah. dice. Then we, and then we tried options like, well, don't look at them. Roll them. Oh, that, that rolled pretty good. Did you look at them? Stop looking at them. <laughs> I, I, had, I had a roll. I had two rolls. Uh, back to back rounds, it was. I had uh, five pairs of dice, so ten dice, and got six ones in each of those rolls. So I was I was on fire. <laughs> Makes for a long game. Ooh. Well, it made it for a pretty short game. <laughs> <laughs> so, so my question, I mean, it's congratulations, Brute. We're really happy you won. But who had the best painted armies at Rumble? Ooh. <laughs> I've, I've got to say Kevin Kevin had well let me just say this there was a lot of really good painted armies there um, yeah Brian's Brian's Falcons looked really really good Kevin's uh, army yeah. everyone's seen Seneca's Seneca's uh, Wolves in Exile were awesome they looked um, fantastic guess they did. Uh, um, Raymond's Raymond's, Raymond's 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 they looked great and Kevin had the Nova Cat Zygalaxy, Galaxy, so they've got that real wild color scheme that's just, he did a gorgeous job. And Raymond's wearing guards were fabulous. Steve, Steve was one of the newer guys, and he did a really good job with his greens and darker colors. Yep. They were, it was, it looked very nice. And uh, that had dust powder, uh, looked of, of dirt, dirt powder on the legs. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, it looked authentic. It looked like it was real. Like I said, I think the prettiest game was uh, was uh, Kevin, Kevin and Seneca, and Seneca um, on the snow map. It it didn't do justice on the YouTube because the, the white balance went all kinds of crazy, but um, it was definitely the the best matchup looking. Like. <laughs> it was it was a game that made your eyes bleed, <laughs> and, it, and it was a good game too. And I will I want to be the I want to say thank you to Mike Seneca. 
for making the trip. He flew in from Florida to play in this in this tournament, and I, I sincerely hope that that he had as as much fun as we did. I think I think he did. I'm pretty and sure I'd he also did. Like to, like I'd also like to say thank you again to him and the regiment um, for the, the the really nice gift that that we were given at the end of the tournament. So um, it was not needed, but very much appreciated. Yeah. So from now on, no more excuses of not being able to make it because Seneca <laughs> flew from Tampa <laughs> to to the middle of to the edge of Iowa, and he got off the plane. He's like. Yeah, can I get an Uber here? And the lady goes, "We don't have Uber here." And he goes, "What's that?" Oh my! <laughs> hey, I, I met him when I walked into the hotel. He was the first first player there. Came the furthest and got there first. So he definitely won the uh, the miles did, travel miles traveled the travel uh, award. the travel award Tra- traveler yeah. award. But no, it was it was just overall awesome. Um, a great time. Definitely a, a weekend worth, uh, well needed. Um, a lot of laughs, a lot of good times, a lot of dice rolls. Um, it was just a good good time. Hey, my weekend was made when I got to hear my, my little brother tell me I was right. So mm. that, that made my weekend. That, that's yeah. all I needed. <laughs> Be, begrudgingly, you were right. Uh, I know. Isn't everybody little t- compared to you? <laughs> and the fat joke has been broken for yes. this episode. Thank you so much. Ding. <laughs> Tommy, you're not far behind me there, the big boy. So. <laughs> no, I got my goal set. <laughs> I got my goal set. So when we start going by t-shirt sizes. <laughs> since, since we, that kind of wraps up a little bit of the... The uh, Rumble on the River. We did have another event recently, just before that, and it was the Minnesota Garage Con at Goolsby's Lakeside Manor, a ten-person yeah. tournament. That was yeah. awesome. Yeah, thank you for to him for hosting. That was great. Um, had a lot of fun at that one too. Oh, now yeah. Mario, since you did win the uh, win the Rumble on the River, you realize you have to host one now, right? <laughs> Yes, I realize that. You guys, you guys are gonna have to get ready to come to come to the middle of nowhere. But I think I've got a venue, and I might even have four new players. So. Ooh, fresh meat. Just to let you know, we I think Matt, I, and Aaron have you beat on middle of nowhere. I don't yeah. know. At least at least people don't, don't confuse your state with every other I state. <laughs> no, they just confuse my state with a single city in the north. Yeah, <laughs> where are you from, Illinois? You mean Chicago? <laughs> it's, we're, we're not. We're not a parking lot. We're far, we're farmlands. But yeah, we'll. Uh, I think we're gonna wait with that announcement, or are we gonna do that announcement? Oh, we might as well. You kind of broke the seal, so might as well. Might as well let it flow. Broke the seal. I love it. <laughs> So we have confirmed that uh, we will be hosting events at the Battle Barn over the Gen Con weekend, uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. We'll probably get started somewhere Thursday afternoon uh, so people can arrive or just get settled in. Um, not entirely sure 
all of the things uh, that we're going to do just yet, but we know that uh, we have the facilities secured for Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I have a feeling Saturday we'll probably do the 350, another 350 tournament, however many we can squeeze in. Um, I know that, uh, Tommy, we had talked about potentially doing a run on the 6K and probably talking about maybe Friday for doing that. Um, Definitely. I've had had some folks just uh, hit up and say, you know, we can always do a grinder board, you know, have have one table set aside for people to be able to sit and play grinder. Um, so we'll, we'll have, I'll have a board set up to be able to do that. Um, and then we'll take some polls and, and see what everybody wants to do. And depending upon time and what we can accommodate, we'll try and make that happen. So, um, this will be <laughs> one of the larger events that we'll have to coordinate and schedule and make all happen, but um, not not something we can't get done. So we'll, we'll we have till September. And, yeah, we'll, we'll be in touch and we'll talk about it uh, some more in in the coming months and hopefully, uh, according to the poll and according to what we've heard, um, a lot of folks are at least talking about trying to make the trek to the battle barn just to either shake hands and have a cold brew or roll some dice. So all of those things would be fantastic to have happen. Yeah. And and if if you get a chance to make it to the battle barn, it is Ryan Kimmel is the one that owns the place and man, it is nice. It's hands down one of the coolest places we've played at. What what's his name again, Brute? Ryan. 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 <laughs> Ryan. Oh, okay. Yes, Ryan, not to be confused with Scott. <laughs> Make another deal. We'll figure out which pole barn we're at. <laughs> that's a good story. Oh, it, it, it would have been at a barn, that's for sure. <laughs> it would have been in a barn. I got it sorted out as soon as I got home. <laughs> Fuck. I don't know why. That I in, was so that in bad. a different state? I think it's still the same, same state. state. Just go the same ahead. State. Just county. Well south. Everybody get their fucking shots in. <laughs> but I fixed it. So screw all of you. Hey, I didn't even think I heard about that till like after. <laughs> I was like, what's going on? Oh, cool. I fessed Another up to event. It. Yeah, we well, could do a, we could do another event, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I I knew it was a problem when I saw Andrew's face because I'm like, oh, I've done something wrong, and then it was like, oh no, he's done something wrong. <laughs> yeah, I fucked that up, but it got sorted out, and we're we're on track, so that's all that matters. Huzzah! Yeah. We're on track, and and Ryan and some of his friends may join in on the fun too. So I'm I'm excited to to see him. I mean, the last time we were there, he had he had a couple of guys throw down. So, um, yeah, more the merrier. I mean, that's what this whole thing's about is community and getting together and hopefully making some good friendships like we have with you, Mario. It, it's been great getting to meet you guys at Gen Con and being able to game with you guys. This, this has been the, the gaming group I've been looking for for the bulk of my life. This is the gaming group you've been looking for. <laughs> <laughs> was there anything about Minnesota Garage Con at Ghouls, uh, Goolsby's that was different compared to uh, the hotel? Or, uh, 
instances and tournament play or anything like that? Um, nothing. I mean, nothing really comes to mind. I know at uh, Goolsby, Goolsby's place was the first place that we kind of started playing around with the alternate terrain pieces, uh, deep snow, um, tundra, uh, jungle, magma, mud, jungle. Yeah, mud, magma. Which we we had at the Rumble on the River as as a standard, and I think it went well enough that I, I don't know if we'll put it into the core rule book or not. It's something that we'll talk about, <clears throat> but it just, if anything, use it as an example of here's the core of 350. And we notified everyone in advance that, hey, we're going to include these extra things. So, and, and it worked. And it worked, it, I think it worked pretty well. Um, so, We'll see going forward. Um, I had a lot of fun building the boards. Um, I have two themed boards, um, woodlands, snow, lava, uh, desert, jungle, and jungle. <clears throat> and, you know, another thing that we kind of kicked around the idea of, which was the reason I did the themes, was maybe also introducing some environmental conditions. So, again, it just shows we have a core, and we can always layer on complexity if we decide to. So... Um, it, it's proving itself out, which is exciting to see and, and a relief <laughs> that it is going the way we want it to. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't actually, you guys, so you guys, you guys have any thoughts on, on the weekend and, and, and how, what went well, what didn't from a play standpoint, I thought the, the, uh, new terrain was actually a lot of fun it was provided some some neat tactical options that were just like enough different to to change the flavor of the game a little so it was it was neat to play on them good thank you that was the that was the hope and the idea so i'm glad that it came across that way um i guess the only thing that i noticed that we came out um for the weekend was we've got to do a better job of uh, list checking we got to figure, we got to figure that out. So we might actually have to start the tournament a little sooner. And yeah, Sean. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It wasn't Sean. Um, oh yeah, it Sean was. Had, it was Goolsby. Oh, Sean had Sean had extra battle armor. Um, <laughs> eh, we still we shot had, him. That's fine. We had we had another guy who who uh, missed the rule of two on mechs, but um, I believe Mario fixed that for us right away. Um, got that fixed for us and. Um, I think that outside of those two, I mean, it wasn't anything that was, oh, you know, it's very really the tournament, but it, it's something that we have to do a better job of, right? We, we put it in there and, and we need to find a better way to enforce it. So this was a really good tournament for like getting the judge side down. Like what, what yeah. should you like getting a checklist for judges? What, what should, you know, game, <clears throat> excuse me, game templates and game, um, layout, the format, the scheduling, helpful, the... helpful little things like that, that we can, we can pass that knowledge on. Um, that was really big for me. The pace of play was awesome. Yeah. I thought, um, I think we only had a couple of games go past time, but with our new rule, we're um, within three minutes, three minutes of the end of the game. This is the last round kind of a thing. 
So that yeah. really helped a lot. Nothing got off. Tra- nothing got off track. We were no. able to stay on task. Um, we had. It was fun when some games did finish early, and those people were able to walk around and watch other games and shoot the shit and talk some smack to people as they were playing. That's, <laughs> that's always fun, right? I mean, people enjoy doing that sometimes. And That was um, one thing I, I really wanted to do was walk around and, and take a look at some games, how they were playing, but I was always kind of running long or plus seeing all their units and just enjoying the, the camouflage, the decals, and all that fun stuff. I think, I think we started adding the idea of definitely having like the, the 350 list parade or have them displayed so everybody can look at them too. Uh, I, yeah, I would have liked that a lot. I think the next time that we do a tournament, especially if we do a premiere where we've got to have the colors, that another checklist or another checkpoint on the list is is to actually get a picture of all the armies. And whether we make a board that's two-tiered and people just set them up so we can take the picture on a board so they, they show off appropriately or not. Um, you know, it's something we could do, but I would like to, you know, be able to showcase. Oh, here was, here, here it was, or here's the best painted army or, you know, voted by or something Bo- cool. Bonus points. If you cosplay your army as well, <laughs> uh-huh, that yes. would be really cool. Here you go, yeah. Tommy. Jade Falcon jumpsuit. <laughs> jumpsuit. Oh, yeah. Don't tempt me. Um, Forget the cape. <laughs> the other no, thing, I don't need the feathers. <laughs> the other thing uh, I was really happy with was uh, not only the streaming, but the, the software. Uh, Cryodex worked great. Uh, yes, your your boy <clears throat> is killing it on that, and Chico. that has made all of the Chico Brown? Chico Brown. Yeah, yeah Chico uh, Brown. Thank you. It's it's Cryodex, and it's originally used for X-wing, but uh, he was so kind enough to modify a lot of it to incorporate what we use for our objective points and winning and stand uh, strength of schedules and stuff like that. Um, so we have a BattleTech version f- of Cryodex, and it it really works really nice. So a couple of tweaks got to be made uh, that I got to mention him about, but the the core. The core software works really well, and, and I don't have it. I don't have it up yet, but I will get it done this week. It will be up on wolfstragoons.com. So if you check that out, probably under the Alpha Strike Core Tournament Rules tab. It's either going to be under yeah, it'll be either the, under that, or we'll have, I'll start a 350 um, uh, support or 350. Uh, I'll find a word for it. Oh, anyway, right. it, it'll be it'll be there. Um, Sometime this week. Yeah, it's a super easy um, JavaScript um, download. It's just it just makes the tournament go so much better. Uh, it randomizes players, um, and then has all the stuff there. So it's just a really nice piece. I was really happy with uh, it handling sixteen players. So, and I think and I think through the conversations that we've had too, I, I don't think that we would ever do a tournament that would have more than five rounds. That's right. that's a long day. That's a long. We day. had some of those. We had some players that were just like, you know, I just got in. We we got stuff set up. I uh, did four rounds, like kind of done. You know, it's been a an eight hour day. It's probably time to take a rest. Like exactly, it's it shouldn't be overstressed. Right. I I think four so, rounds is perfect. If if we had a larger group, 
five rounds would be necessary just for the, the Swiss format. But I don't think we'll ever go past five rounds. Which would be a max of, I think we said, 32 folks, right? Yeah, something like that. And it would take around 10 hours. 10 so hours to do. It's a full day. Is and it's not and that's not undoable. That that's that's a doable thing. Sure. Um <clears throat> we stay on task and keep people moving. We didn't need to take the hour long lunch break. I think we probably could have gotten away with it at thirty or forty five minutes, but Yeah. <clears throat> but it's um, nice that it was in there. Yeah, no. I I think it's a necessary thing that you play to and you take time off and come back and finish it out. Yeah. So All right. I think I think that covers most of the tournament games that we've had since the last podcast, huh? Yeah, should we should we rewind back to the news community? Sure. All right, news and community. <clears throat> April first products dropped. <clears throat> XTRO caveat at Mtor. Can't even pronounce that. Caveat Kate from Castle Wolfensteiner. I don't even know what that is. Oh, I got you. Okay. Oh, this is the April 1st stuff. I got you. Yeah. This is from last month. Yeah. <laughs> the stuff we the stuff we didn't have time for from the last podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah, the mad a, bro. A caveat, caveat emptor is uh, Latin for buyer beware. Oh. Look at there. So that, that, that's the theme of everything in there is it's supposed to be either Lemon. like somewhat jury rigged <laughs> or just a really weird concept or like the example of the omni marauder so expensive that nobody would ever want to use it although <laughs> the omni marauder isn't that expensive but you know it it's it's canon now it's canon that's cool Ooh. now we all know what andrew drives you mad bro <laughs> it's an omni marauder that doesn't have the omni uh, special yeah uh, uh, get on uh. that master unit list oops <laughs> somebody screwed up there nice catch <laughs> dun, dun, dun. yeah i thought they did pretty well on their april 1st uh product drops some people say like it's kind of corny to do but i i kind of like it it's funny good for a laugh yeah well, there's some well, fun things that come out of it too yeah yeah well, and speaking of the being April 1st, I, I felt kind of bad for Michael because they also dropped Paid in Blood, the Highlander Covenant 2, the same day. <laughs> so it was kind of, uh, is this, am I supposed to not take this novel seriously? Is this, uh, is this, a joke? Is this an April Fool's joke? Or right. Then, and then you buy it and you're like, oh, it's Paid in Blood. <laughs> it's the second right. book. <laughs> Which was excellent, by the way. I enjoyed it thoroughly. Yes, I agree. Michael Davis. I have yet to read it. It's uh it's pretty good. I I mean I don't want to give too much away, but I don't know how I would even begin writing a three way battle between <laughs> I mean there was just stuff going on everywhere. And uh he he kept it together. It it streamed pretty well, so I'm I, I enjoyed it a lot. And then there were uh, April 30th releases. The first two are Danny Lighthorse stories. Proliferation cycles. 
Yeah, that's that's going to be interesting. Now, if I understand this correctly, it's the Eridani Light Horse story, like from when they began all the way to Ill Clan era, correct? Well, the first wow. two stories are the first two stories are are retaking of Terra and staying behind. So, yeah, I, I think that's the right. I think that's correct. Which to any Light Horse fan is just like awesome. Yeah. Well. Just Any, being able to, just having them come back, I think, is phenomenal. Yeah. They they were such a storied unit that um, it's good to have them come back. Yep. Well, yeah, because that was kind of their the the thing with them, right? They were always kind of in the background, like everybody always knew about them, always talked about them, but then they would just like kind of disappear and fade off, and then they'd be back, and then they would disappear, and so just kind of fleshing them out throughout the entire timeline, I think, is a Good move on Catalyst Spart. I haven't had a chance to read the stories that have dropped yet, but looking forward to it. And we also had uh, Rec Guides come out recently. Yeah. Yes. Guides 15 and 16. Now, is this... just making, we're just making comments on uh, Stormwolf today. Isn't that right, Andrew? It's a sexy beast. That thing is a beast. Beast. How many tons is that? Ah, uh, damn it! I just had it open. <laughs> New stuff. It I is. don't know what is it. It's got to be Bitty on the gun. high end. No, it's it's a medium mech. Really? Uh, 80, 80 tons. Eighty tons. Fifty tons. Fifty tons. <laughs> how do Bitty. you fit? How do you fit all that on a fifty-ton mech? Sure. Very carefully. Very carefully. <laughs> it's you a lot the, of little stuff. Make the engine bigger. <laughs> yeah. It's light, just a lot lighter. But the model looks, I mean, the, the, the picture. It, or the, it's got some girth. Yeah. yeah. It's, that's a freaking cool-ass mech. It's like Clydesdale if it had four legs. That's, a, that's, a, that's going to be an awesome model. I can't wait for that one to come out. Oh, and the model will be fun, and and I think the the stats on it should be a, a fun uh, Alpha Strike unit as well. Um, a short range and medium. Okay, yeah. now well, now I know and, I, fo I found out my my confusion. Tommy sent the you guys sent the picture of the Stormwolf, and then Tommy put the variants for the Tequina underneath. That. I was like, that's oh, all on yeah, the Stormwolf. No, that, no, that was two separate things. One. <laughs> Any any unit that combines mask and supercharger is always interesting, <laughs> you know. Just just because its movement profile is, you know, pretty standard for its weight class, except you can engage its supercharger and mask and just totally make up a lot of a lot of ground. Bye. Yeah. So how is that? How is that gonna? How will that convert in Alpha Strike? Do you get two <clears throat> inches of move? For the supercharger and two inches of move for the for mask, right? So that thing will like, move sixteen twelve J. Is that we like the executioner? Um, is it I model? I yes, it has a supercharger and mask as well. Dang, fun it'll stuff. Be, it'll be fun. Look how fast it's going. Ha <laughs> ha. So is Rec Guide 16 going to be the last one, or are they going to keep coming out with them? 
I don't, I, uh, I don't know what the, I don't know how far it goes. There are more. Um, I'm trying Isn't to think. Is that dated if, to 2022 or something? We're going to send them out um, till. I'm not, there was a year involved. Remember. Off the top of my head, I don't exactly remember, but I think six, 16 or 17 is the last of this batch because they take breaks after. Yeah. They'll release several. And then take a break. So 16 or 17, I think, is the last of the batch. But then during that break, don't they compile them all and sell them as one TRO? N- not yet, no. Oh, okay. the, they w- we'll, that, eventually they will, though. That's that's the idea. That's eventually. what they say. I don't know yeah. how they're going <laughs> to yeah. cram all that that's, in there. That's but what they say. Obi-Wan's. I have a feeling it might be a uh, rec guide and then they'll just include the new models and then like all the new variants and everything aren't going to be in there because I feel like there's enough new models that they'll have be able to have a whole TRO just of those. Yeah, that's true. Um, and TROs have to, be, have to stay thick, like thin TROs. Yeah. Um, blood will yeah. tell. Schmetzer. Schmetzer's back. My favorite. Nothing like a big ass picture of Yen Lo Wang on the cover. <laughs> <laughs> right. There's so many comments on it. Awesome. <laughs> where did the axe come from? Where the hatchet? Uh, well, if you, if you don't know where the hatchet came from, you haven't been paying attention for a while. Because <laughs> Yen, Yen Lo Wang's been axe and shield for a while now. So. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> that's awesome. It's good to good to see he's got a book coming out. <clears throat> it's not the <clears throat> it's uh they had quite a bit of uh information on the page. Um lots of good stuff coming out. I think Did the, they say anything about audiobooks? I don't think so. I did see somebody who trans they, they do they do have a bunch of audiobooks out there. Um, I looked at getting one or two for the trip to um, Clinton. They're twenty-five bucks. They're they're <laughs> they're not cheap, but um, I do available. agree with that. I, I no, they I I do agree with that. They they aren't cheap, but they are available. I I get as much as I can when I can. So unfortunately, I think. Audible has only the uh, ones that are been abridged, so they don't have the full. No, I saw I saw that they had uh, they had a couple of the Grey Death trilogy first ones there, and I swear to God they had two other ones. I'll see if I can pull them back up and get them sent over to you, Tommy. They had Double Blind. I know that that's an older one, and uh, they had one about the Stealthy Tigers. That wasn't that one wasn't abridged. It was really good. Well, I've listened to the first Grey Death one that I got. I I bought that one and I got the second one. I just I'm in the middle of a series that I'm smoking through right now. So well, they got everybody doing this uh, Air Donnie Lighthorse uh, stuff, don't they? Yeah, it's not just one author. There's there's a bunch of authors that are a part of that, which I think is pretty cool. Yeah, because then you get a lot of different takes on it. It's going to be fun. Blaine, yeah, okay, Blaine's doing the trickster. Yep, I'm on the, I'm reading that one right now. i got to pick that one up. 
Lots of good yeah, which, stuff. Which were very, the... very famous landmark in the uh, Trickster. <laughs> <laughs> oh, which is that? Brute Butte. There's a there's a butte named after a does it does very it have a shape and a size and a location? Does it? <laughs> does it... Oh, we don't want to give everything away. But I think the biggest news that I'm super excited about is I got an email along with many other people that got emails. Having all of us uh, confirm our addresses for a certain Wave 2 Kickstarter getting shipped hey. out soon. So I don't know. I, I think it was they were Josh and us. <laughs> they, they're a little late on the April Fool's. Yep. <laughs> um, they're still hoping to get the containers out of port. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like I mean, how they It's only think... been like two years since we've sold up cash, so... Well, no, I think uh, the last update was they got the last container out, right? Yep. Yep. Or it should be out. If you're listening to this, it should be out if, by if now. If you're listening to this, uh, it, it are, has already shipped. But I like how they're they're talking about how, yes, uh, the the last sh- container to get shipped out will reach us first. And they just throw up their hands like, I don't know, it's shipping. <laughs> how that works out. But, um, yeah, no, uh, the last update was, uh, yep, basically finalize your address, and if you haven't, get that done. I think it's already too late, maybe, but, uh, maybe, uh, if it's still the same address, leave it as is. Maybe start getting date night set up with your wife, so that when all (laughs) that shit shows up, she's that pissed off at you, because... I got a lot of stuff coming. <laughs> the, that reopening of, of the pledge manager was a really, really bad thing. <laughs> oh, oh, that was that, that hurt my wallet. <laughs> All I could say to April was is that, hey, I spent it two years ago. It's all good. This has been this has been coming a long time. Is, is yeah. there you have a statute of limitations on when she can be mad at you? <laughs> that, was, that was two years ago. You can't be mad now. Yep. This is a this is a buildup that has to show up. I told you two years ago. Don't you remember? <laughs> it yeah. might be the only saving grace. Get it was the... like it was like fifty cents a day. Oh no, after <laughs> me. It. What, it reopened what around uh, around december or late november and my wife was like oh well that's christmas and your birthday and you can get them both at the same time and i'm like oh that was a worst thing you could have said yeah get your get your excuses ready now start sweeping off the front porch Make sure the garage door is unlocked so they can put it inside if it's going to rain. <laughs> uh, one thing that I did find, and I think I think I told everybody here too, is is that register to get notified of uh, shipping from FedEx or UPS. Um, that was a big help on Wave 1 um, to know when things were coming so that you could make sure that someone was there or if you if they had weather that was coming that it wouldn't sit out in the rain or whatever um or if you've had was, like a, a running problem with people stealing packages in your neighborhood or something yeah that's that's the other thing yeah, it's always fun yep. 
So that was that was a little tidbit that we had from um, Wave One that I think is uh, would be pretty valid for this for this time around too. So that way you can sit all day at work and be like, "It's here! I'm stuck at work." Oh, I'm taking that day <laughs> off. <laughs> Take my point and leave. I'm no. definitely taking that day off. With my luck, it, I'll be out on site or something like I like I am now. So I have to get me some new razor blades so I can take them out of the box and cut them all apart. <laughs> Start cutting all them, uh, cutting all them uh, wastes out of there. That's right. No waste on my Omnimix. There's no waste on a dragonfly. <laughs> or a Nova. <laughs> There's plenty oh, of waste. Hey. There's plenty of waste on uh, Urban Mac. It's, ah, well played. I, I appreciate the pun. What <laughs> one thing? Um, did you guys get a chance to watch the artist AMA? Um, no, I caught did, part yes. of it. Yes, I did. And they actually mentioned that exact thing, Mario, where they designed the Nova and the Dragonfly legs so you could cut them apart and put them back, have it look reasonable. Yeah. Uh, when I when I got mine and I, I I did that to it, I posted the pictures on Painting and Customs, and Anthony Scroggins reached out to me to ask me how much trouble it was to to do it, and I I told him it, was just, it wasn't bad at all, and he he was like, "That's great, that's what I wanted to hear," so that's the way they designed it. That's great feedback. Moving along, let's talk about some rules talk. We all love that, don't we? <laughs> Woohoo! As long as got bases. <laughs> Too soon? <sighs> bases. Too soon. Off strike. Super high TMM jump strong units? Is it meta? Is there a valid counter? Super Someone high. saw this come up in a few times in Discord or other places. Yeah, so I've had a lot of uh, people talking to me um, well, and talking to each other in our uh, Discord about the frustration with uh, units that generate like plus four, plus five TMM. Um, just because it, it's not... Uh, they feel like it might be like a game-breaking thing. Um, so I just thought it would be something really relevant for us to talk about. Um, and then I, I I, have like a whole 15-minute rant thing that I'll spare the listeners from the whole thing. But I have thoughts, but I wanted to see what you guys thought about it. Well, Matt, you can talk more, probably most of that than anyone right now because uh, your game with uh, Goolsby. Uh, that was at uh, his place, yeah. Um, so the match was randomly rolled as King of the Hill, and he had a um, BA protoback vehicle and then a heavy-hitting annihilator. And, oh, yeah, protomechs, we, we were uh, definitely moving into that direction of they get a point uh, per protomech to get in the um, King of the Hill Objective, BA, don't get any points. So just the vehicles, proto-max, and battle-max. And it worked in my favor to get there fast. 
and he also got there fast with his protomex but didn't have much staying power um but they were they were difficult to hit he had uh just as difficult tmm as i did or um relatively close and got a little worried when i saw the protomex start showing up and then the annihilator throwing you know medium range of like eight which was hitting me as well but then I come up to RNG and rolls die rolls. So, but you are you're also place, Matt. You're also purpose. Matt. You're also running all like you're basically your whole list is jump strength, isn't it? Right. Yeah. So you're so you're they rocking have four and usually five. have. Sorry, you're you're rocking four. You're looking at three and four. Three. You're looking at three through four TM TMM. Three through four TMM usually. Nothing over five. Nothing to five. So three to four TMM regularly. The Vipers don't have jump strong, but they're sitting at four anyways. So people See, and fight. I don't, and I don't, I don't like the term meta in, in 350. I don't think there is a meta. Um, everyone has a play style. And that just about any playstyle that we've seen is playable. So, well, when you're talking about meta, meta in a game is this has been proven to be good, not not breakable or great, but I mean it's it's proven to be good. So, <clears throat> to, let's just take for example a dasher plus ba has been proven to be very beneficial in one or two scenarios. Now remember, this is all. I mean, if we're if we're talking in the 350 realm, um, these are all based on scenarios. Now, if you're talking just general alpha strike in in, in as the game, <clears throat> I I will say that fours and fives are going to show up for TMMs. The thing with jump strength is you're jumping, so you're getting a plus two. So that's kind of it's it's a it's a balancing act, right? So you're, you got a plus two for you to fire, but it's also you're getting that extra TMM. Well, and yeah, that's you're, and you're that's, using the regular TMM, and then you're adding one or two for the jump strong, and then and another one for the jump. So you're sacrificing your to hit mod to shoot at a target because you're jumping for yeah mm-hmm. plus two mod. So it's more defensive and maneuvering tactic than anything else. It it sucks to shoot with. But you can get there. You can get to the position you need to. Uh, or you can get away from the position that's compromising. And well, the, what, I wanted, what I wanted you to talk about, though, was is in your game with Goolsby, did you guys have a two-hit number that was less than nine the entire game? If I remember right, it was tens and elevens the entire game. Yeah, when he stood still. <laughs> So you can say, yeah, it's a meta, but it doesn't, uh, uh, there's trade-offs, right? I mean, who's saying it's a meta? Nobody. I'm not. It's just a word. We've, we've been seeing, we've been seeing it on discord. Yeah. People have, okay. people have said that it's a meta because they get frustrated with it. So, I mean, and that's part of what happens right in a, in a setup when there's mm-hmm. rules, then if I get frustrated with something, then I say it's a meta because that's kind of the polite way of putting down a play style. But um, to, to echo, because 
to very much truncate my rant, um, the I breaking it down to the odds. The goal is always to be like shooting for fives and sixes and making your opponent roll eights or nines. So you always want that like two, three point difference, but you want it to be in the middle because that's when you get the biggest odds advantage. The thing that I don't think that people always realize with jump strong is yes, you get a two point advantage generally one or two, but you're pushing everything to the top end of your odds ratio. So instead of having a 30% better chance of hitting than your opponent, you have maybe an 8% chance better than your opponent. So I guess in my mind, it's a game of misses. If you just want to roll dice for the sake of rolling dice, jump strong is there for you. But if you're actually trying to do damage, then, you know, roll some units that have a, a, a three TMM and some armor and can dish out some damage. Cause that's generally the issue I see with the jump strong is there are a few that have decent TMM and do some damage, but you're, there's always a, always a setback. So I think if you're getting stuck in the, the jump strong and, and this isn't like directed at you or burns or anybody, but if uh, I, I think it, there's other ways of going about it that'll get you more advantage, but that's, you know, one jerk's opinion. So, so is, is <laughs> you're not a jerk. <laughs> so is yeah, there... it's, it's definitely not advantageous to help you unless you're you want to move far and not hit you. Is there a valid counter? Yes. Um, yes. One is You're slower and shoot big, big dice. Yeah. Yeah. One is one is just bring a bigger stick. Um, you could uh, you could you could take thirty-five to forty-point units, and you could roll you know e variants at like six points short range, and because they're going to get close to you. So just do that. Yeah. Or because the, the jump strongs usually have less structure so you're going to make those critical hits faster than if they had standard engine but some do just depends yeah another way like i said if you're rolling a unit that's throwing chucking seven points eight points of dice and you've got nines tens and elevens to hit like your percentages of hitting them with that many dice is going to go up and all those units especially the high tmm not the jump strong but the high tmm are very frail <clears throat> the other way is artillery. Um, artillery is the best take, against fast unit. Take take the uh, take the TMM out of the equation, and just target a point on the map. Um, so it can get frustrating, yes. Um, but are there ways to beat it? Of course. Um, if you if you find cover, if you're in woods, stand still. Um, get the minus one, equal out the, the woods and, um, and try to, try to get them that way. Either that or start dabbling in, uh, the great thing about Alpha Strike is cheaper tech is not that expensive with better pilots. Um, you can get Marauders. Yeah, taking, taking 30, 25, taking 30, 25 tech and putting a skill three pilot in them. Yeah. You're not throwing as much dice, but the lower skill you hit more often. So 
I don't know if we've if we've ever collected enough data to say one way or the other, right? Is throwing more dice at skill four better than throwing one or two points less with a decreased skill? Um, again, it's a dice game. So you're going to have good days and you're going to have bad days. And with the format that, with the objectives, it's, you know, what are you trying to do and the amount of time you have? You're trying to get on the objective and either gain control it, destroy it, or hold it. And be the first one there to not be contested. So if you're slow, throw a lot of dice, you're not going to get there. You can shoot whatever's on there if you can hit them. And I'll also point out um, VTOLs, if they can stick around, move really fast, and can get in short range and behind your target really fast. So any way you can get a VTOL behind them in short range... Uh, they don't like that very much. So there are a Again, lot of... it's finding, it's finding the mix. It's finding the mix that works for you. Mm-hmm. Definitely. VTOLs is the... Uh, Nightmare is the uh, flak. Yeah, they don't like flak very much. So get, get behind the guy with flak. <laughs> Take him out first. But... It, it can be frustrating with high TMMs. Uh, I agree. It's But it's part of the game, and there are counters to everything in this game, as far as I've found. Um, you just got to look sometimes outside of the box. Some of those different armors are getting interesting, too, where you know, if you have, like, reactive or reflective, you know, you can drop a point of damage or two. Or if you got, like, Lamellar or something like that, where it really takes that punch out of there, even if they get good die rolls. It's not going to matter because it uh, lessens the damage. Fun stuff. Really fun stuff. How was that for a a rant, Charles? (laughs) Yeah, I know. You guys guys started down the, the path that I was going because, yeah just people are like oh this is the way i'm gonna do it and like yeah you can play your list however you want to but you guys started hitting on it because it just drives the uh drives the tms or the to hit number so high that it's not because it's not just hurting your opponent it's also hurting you so it's one of those uh like in in uh total war it's jumping you know if you can jump seven or further, you're hurting them more than you're taking. And there's a lot more ways to accrue to hit modifiers. Um, well, not a lot, but you have to account for your own movement regardless of what you do. Whereas in Alpha Strike, you don't. So um, I think that uh, people get stuck in that total warfare mindset of well if they're jumping and i can't hit them but then they're winning in alpha strike it really feels more like if they're jumping then we're all just losing but <laughs> i mean that's just me <laughs> if well if that, you... that that comes back to something that we talked about um at rumble on the river too is is there's uh, i might be speaking for myself but I'm getting really, really tired of, of Alpha Strike being limited 
because of classic treat the game as its own game because i think trying to make it be more or compatible with classic is is hurting it more than it is helping um water hull breaches and water trees oh. you know we've well, they've found a way to basically take away just about every advantage you can get or have by taking terrain and negating it. And I feel that that's, that's doing a, a, a big disservice, but that's a whole nother rant that we probably don't have time or need <laughs> to get on. So <clears throat> For another day. Another day. This History Brief with Charles Gideon is brought to you by Aries Games and Miniatures. On this episode of Wolfnet History Briefs, a dozen schemes and plots come to a head on a rock named for the River of Hate. Hello Wolfnet, welcome to this installment of Wolfnet History Briefs, where we look at what happened this month in the Battletech timeline. I'm Gideon, let's begin. Today we go to the tense times just before the Fourth Succession War. It all began when a young teacher named Joanna Barker booked a ticket for an interplanetary sightseeing tour. A simple transaction that would be overlooked by anyone. Anyone, that is, other than a sophisticated computer that skimmed transit information on Tharkad. The computer identified that there was little to no genealogical evidence to support the existence of this Joanna and that the name was surely a pseudonym taken from a musical play from the 20th century. This simple oversight began a chain of intrigues and fluke encounters that would threaten to shake the balance of the power across the inner sphere. You see, the persona of Joanna Barker was invented to provide the Archon designate, Melissa Steiner, a cover for traveling to New Avalon where she would spend time with Hans Davian, the first prince of the Federated Sons and the man she was promised to marry in order to make good the promise her mother Katrina made seven years prior in the Fedcom Accords. The union between Melissa and Hans would be a threat to many in the inner sphere. That is where the computer program comes in. It was put in place by Duke Aldo Lestrade IV, leader of the Isle of Skye and proponent of Skye secession from the Lyre Commonwealth. Seeing the danger to his power base and plans if Melissa were to travel to New Avalon, he took steps to not only prevent the meeting, but also create a PR nightmare for the Federated Sons. To that end, he hired famed Solaris champion and information broker Gray Noten to hijack the dropship Melissa was traveling on from a Fed Sun system. Noten, in turn, subcontracted a small cell of the group known as Heimdall to do the actual deed. For those who have not heard of Heimdall previously, Think of them as a watchdog group whose members come from all walks of life and work to prevent abuses of the Lion Intelligence Corps. Heimdall tricked the dropship carrying Melissa, called the Silver Eagle, to attach to one of their own jump ships and took it to a system called Styx. The system was little more than a dried-up asteroid mining operation in combined space, but it made an excellent hiding place for such a group. It is believed that neither Noten nor Heimdall were aware that Melissa was the target of the operation. The former likely would have taken greater care of his security had he known, and the latter switched from captor to ally when they learned of her true identity. Ally against who, you ask? Well, Wolfnet, the Isle of Skye was not the only power to be threatened by continued strengthening of ties between the Lyons and the Suns. Portions of Comstar believe that such a unification of power would diminish their pull in the inner sphere, 
and took actions of their own. It is believed they dropped hints of the hijacking plans to members of the Draconis Combine. Frankly, it was too much of an opportunity for Takashi Kurita to pass up. We know he was aware because shortly after an ISF infantry company jumped into the system, they were joined by the then-unknown Jinyosha, who reported directly to the coordinator. The Heimdall operatives put up a staunch and desperate defense against the ISF forces, but they were simply no match for the highly trained commandos. Defenders continued to fall before the onslaught, giving their lives to protect the Archon designate, but eventually, after an entire day of fighting, there were no defenders left. No defenders, that is, until nearly a company of Kel Hounds arrived. Which brings us to the date, 26th of May, 3027. Through sheer luck, the Kel Hounds arrived in system in this most desperate hour, as they themselves were fleeing a Combine strike force out for their blood. They entered Combine space in a desperate gambit to throw off pursuit and were apparently aware of the Heimdall base on sticks because they were able to jump into the system only minutes from it. Leaving Patrick Kell behind due to previous wounds, the rest of the mercenaries landed on the planetoid with two and a half lances. They were immediately confronted with a handful of Combine Panthers, which they quickly dispatched before entering the labyrinth of the planetoid's interior. Inside, they found Melissa Steiner and sent her back to their jump ship while they went on to buy her time for escape. It was at the docking bay where they found the Silver Eagle, full of civilians surrounded by several combine machines. The Kell Hounds were given one hour to locate and hand over the Archon designate or else the combine troops threatened to destroy the Silver Eagle with everyone on board. With time expiring, the Kell Hounds prepared to storm their enemy to buy whatever precious minutes they could for Melissa's flight and the civilians on the grounded dropship. But it would not come to that because Patrick Kell appeared in a victor at the far end of the bay. The massive autocannon of the victor gutted panther after panther. The combine mechs attempted to fight back, but Patrick had become an inevitable doom for the unfortunate pilots as they failed to accurately target him time and time again. That is, until a combine warhammer entered the battle. This warhammer was not special, but its pilot, Yorinaga Kurita, was. Yes, that Yorinaga Kurita. The man who killed Ian Davian and dueled Patrick's brother Morgan on Mallory's world years before. Yorinaga did not have the same difficulties in scoring hits on Patrick's victor and struck out repeatedly with PPC blasts. Patrick all but ignored the Kurita. He focused on leveling the playing field for the rest of the hounds by thinning the combine numbers, which had amounted to piles of broken panthers lying at his mech's feet. Finally, the punishment from Yorinaga's tireless assault set off the victor's ammo bins. Patrick Kell died of his wounds shortly thereafter, and a nearly suicidal charge from another hound crippled Yorinaga's mech, forcing the combine into retreat. In honor of Patrick and the other hound's sacrifices to save Melissa, a statue was erected on New Avalon, depicting a mortally wounded wolfhound fighting back a panther in the defense of a little girl. Though. I doubt it still stands today. This is Gideon signing off, and remember, those who fail to learn from history are doomed. Hey, we're back, and we'd like to thank Charles Gideon, because that was brought to them, us by uh, Aries Games and Miniatures. We appreciate your products, and we appreciate Gideon's time putting those together.
What's this C3 stuff, Tommy? Oh, yes. Tech talk. Tech talk. All right, so I uh, I wanted to talk about some different stuff for the podcast. And uh, so the first one I thought was C3, and I want to talk both for Alpha Strike and Classic. Um, so C3, uh, if you don't know what C3 is, it's... Uh, it's pretty much like a communication technology. It allows you to be able to talk to your other units and getting a guidance system, guiding um, guidance pretty much. Kind of like instead of using like a targeting computer, you could use somebody else's uh, view and using their mods instead of your mods. So the the three different systems of C3 or C cubed or however you want to call it. C3 is what I usually call it. Um, is the standard system, the Im- improved system and the boosted system. Uh, and, and there's differences in alpha strike and classic, of course. Um, but for the most part, they act very similar. So the, the normal, the standard C3 is, uh, uh, a master slave type. There, there has to be a master C3 master, and it could talk to three different slaves. And so the communication is between them. Uh, the issues with C3 in that regards is ECM can block it, and if the master goes down, then all communications go down. So that's a that's a pretty big uh, weakest link. Yeah, yeah. Just give the C three master the hundred ton unit and uh, let it go to town. Um, you do it that way, but then you're asking for trouble with like a piranha or a dasher getting behind you or something like that. Those little fast fasties bugging the crap out of you. Um. So for the most part, it would be like a a unit at short range. Um. His modifications now. If there's like a tree or terrain in front of him, you have to use the, you still have to use that that modifier. So if there's a tree in front of the the short short range, you still have to use that tree for the guy that's in the back launching the LRMs. Um, you still if if you jumped, you still have to count the jump. Um, and then of course the the movement of the other back. C3, uh, and that's for the most part. And of of course, if you take a look at uh, the the book, Commander's Edition will definitely show you multiple pages of how C3 works. Just to let everybody know. And trust me, I had to double check even before talking today about it. Uh, C3I uh, improved, improvised, however you want to call it. I don't know exactly. Is it just improved or is it improved. improvised? Improved. Okay. Um, C3I it, it allows like a star topography, uh, uh, if if you understand what that means. Um, <laughs> in neck in networking terms, it's like a star topography. It, anybody could talk to anybody as long as it has C3I. And of course, ECM, normal standard ECM can knock it out as well. That way you don't have to have a master and uh, everybody can talk to everybody. Um, 
And then the last one is C3 Boosted. So I've been dabbling in the C3 Boosted. Uh, been seeing if I could pull in a uh, a classic version. But an Alpha Strike. Uh, so C3 Boosted is kind of like normal C3 uh, Master Slave. But a normal ECM can't do it. Only Angel ECM can knock it out. So the so for and, and and so the everything works just the same as the standard. Closer units get the uh, better t- uh, modifiers, so the guys in the back can use their uh, pretty much their their shooting TMM or not TMM but guidance or to hit. And Alpha Strike, they did it really nicely, and they added all that stuff into the unit for their PV. Um, and that's really nice. And then you don't have to calculate anything. In Classic, however, that's where therein lies the rub. Uh, for each unit in the network in Classic, you have to take that BV times... Uh, an additional 5% per unit in the network. So, so let's say there's one master and one slave in the network. You have to take that BV times 1.1, and that will be your total BV. And that doesn't sound like much until you have like four or five units. Let's say you have five units, you have... um. The, let's say five C3Is in your uh, in the unit. So you that take that five times five uh, percent. So that's twenty five percent. So you have to take your total BV that you had times one point two five, and that will be your actual BV. So those guys out there that's looking like, oh man, I'm going to take C3 in my six uh, K or eight K list. Yeah. By the way, uh, four units in uh, uh, 6K, you have to have 5,000 BV or under. For three units, it's 5,400 or under. And then you can, now will equal the 6K. So I've done the math. Uh, and that's pretty much uh, D3. Now, of course, there's other stuff. There's fun stuff. D3 boosted, you can actually, and I looked into it, there's not a lot of these D3 boosted units out there, but you could still use regular standard units with the C3 boosted. It's just that if the, the there's an ECM bubble in between the boosted unit and the uh, non-boosted unit, then a regular ECM can knock out just that communication. So um, it's pretty much, so like, one unit can talk to the master, and the master can talk to another unit, and that's how that unit will get its guidance as well. So that's all I got to say about C3, except for that I like it. And <laughs> so what you're, what, what, what you're saying then, Tommy, so e- each iteration is kind of a building upon to protect against some of the weaknesses of the, the predecessor. So like your standard C3... You, where you have the slave master, you can have three three units 
coordinated through one master. But if the master gets caught up in an ECM bubble, then the whole network goes down because everything has to go through the master, right? So they fix that by going to C3I, the Comstar word of Blakey people, where then there is no master and you can link up to six units. And then, so if anybody gets caught up in an ECM bubble, it's just that unit that gets cut off, but everybody else still gets to talk to each other. And then boosted is going back to the four per you know the four unit setup, but it goes instead of trying to disperse the risk, it doubles down on we're going to get our signal through no matter what, and then operates like standard otherwise. Correct. Now, I also look into if I'm creating like an alpha strike um, unit specifically uh, encouraged with C3. I also look at C3 units with ECM. So you could counter ECM with another ECM. To, so that's what I like to look at. But that's just me. That's more. If you're doing that, though, you also make sure that you're notifying your opponent that you're running in EECM, not Correct. regular so that you're negating anything that's around you. Then it comes into account, but yeah. Yep. Yeah, a good friend of ours, uh, Matthew Schluter, uh, <laughs> once he caught on to C3, he's like, ooh, I like yeah, that was my that was my mistake. <laughs> <laughs> I was working on a C3i list, and I let him play it, and he was like, "I like this," and he's he's and, tweaked it a little bit. And, so. and just like that, he become a he became a Wobie. So <laughs> he uh, he really does like his C3i. Um, of the three systems, I, I I see where the compounding. I still think C3i is the better way to go. I agree. Um, I know where boosted is. There, yeah, like like Charles said, it's like we're just gonna shove it through. Just <laughs> we're gonna double down on one unit to just push the push the signal through. Um, just having the flexibility of everyone having C three I connected. It, it's one. It's easier for gameplay. Um, and two. Uh, like I said, as long as you have line of sight to the next guy, uh, it just makes... C3 is, is very much focused on line of sight. It, um... So... And you could only use... You could either... if Like, like if a unit has a targeting computer and C3, they have to decide which one... Not Like in Classic, they have to decide which one they're going to use. Are they going to use the C3 guidance, or are they going to use the TCOM? They can't choose both, I believe. You could correct me if I'm wrong. I believe that's how it is. I'm going to pull out my Total Warfare right now. My Total Warfare is at home. Crap, it is at home, too. But, um, yeah, basically when it comes down to C3 and ECM and Angel ECM and (laughs) all this other stuff... It's one of those where I I can tell that they wanted to do something cool like that, but... It man, does it bog down the game? Just from a, you know, play experience, I've found. Also nice to have uh, on a separate piece of paper the rules of the stuff that you have in your list, 
whether it's Alpha Strike, if you have some advanced uh, rules. Yeah. For like uh, classic wise, anyway. Alpha Strike really dumbed C3 down quite a bit. It's it's the classic version of C3 where um, there's a lot more going into it. Um, and rightfully so, because it's classic. So it, it should be a little harder and a little more nitpicky and stuff like that. But um, I am... Uh, I, I always forget, if you do have a C3 list um, it's in Alpha Strike, does, does it... In classic, does it take in the B the the BV already? No, you have to do that on the. So you do have okay. That's for that one point two five for the whole unit. That's extra yep. BV. Is that the same in Alpha Strike as well? No, it already adds the uh, C three. It already uh, adds it in. The, there. Okay, into the PV. So well, yeah, that's another. why uh, C three master units. In Alpha Striker, always expensive. Freaking expensive. <laughs> uh, and I, I, in a quick glance at uh, Total Warfare, I didn't see anything about uh, T Comp and C three. So you might be able to use both from. I don't just a remember quick glance, that rule. But... Of course, my Total Warfare knowledge is fading daily. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta go through that book again too. But uh, to. Uh, echo what you guys were saying i think especially when it comes to 350 um c3i i think is the way to go because six units makes a nice solid amount of units you know you throw a vehicle or some infantry in there but six units all being able to communicate and share their uh uh well basically getting the shortest range out of all of them um that's pretty uh pretty potent and c3i is not too bad i don't think in pv but yeah and to reiterate what tommy uh said basically c3 is for you to get a lower range modifier um like he said it's communicating his uh, the the slave's data through the master or the master through the slave on on the information on range um that's that's the big benefit of c3 is using a spot instead of a spotter it it you're able to use their range modifier so it's really nice if you got a fast mover and he's just i'm gonna get in short range of everything <laughs> and your opponent doesn't have a boatload of ecm yeah he doesn't have the ecm <laughs> bubble um bring the rain boys <laughs> basically so tommy since you were taking some tech talk did you want to talk about a swarm list yet too Oh, my, my Legion list. Um, so I would say it has to be at least three months ago. I've been busy with work. So I think it was three months ago. It was about three months ago. Uh, uh, Aaron decided that he was going to bring a Dire Wolf skill two and I think a Trina skill two. Your Raymond list. Yeah, it, this was this was just kind of a fun list that uh, Raymond brought to the Orange City Garage Con. He brought a direwolf with a skill two, and it chucked nine damage at medium. It was nine nine something, and it those were painted pretty nice too. It just kind of like sat in my head. I was like, "Is that a valid thing? Like, will that work?" And so I just decided to take it to the nth degree, dial it up to eleven, and. Screw it, let's bring a Turkina and a Dire Wolf. 
and uh, put them both at skill two, and I think I was able to add one battle armor and a transport. Yep. And I believe we played King of the Hill. Um, so he brought that unit. So then I brought uh, a unit um, that had 16 units in a total for a total of 200 PV. Uh, and <laughs> I understand you guys are listening to this podcast, but Aaron's eyes or his comment was, are those all? He was like, first we handed each other's the list and then, then I started placing them all out and they're like, he looks at me, he's like, wait a minute. Are you playing with all of them? I'm like, yeah. Is, it, is, is that all 16, coming on the board? <laughs> all 16 units are coming on the board. He's like, oh. Okay. <laughs> it, it was, um, we were both playing lists that weren't, uh, it was not our standard list anyway. So, but, but the problem was, is that I started liking it. Maybe that's not a problem. I don't know, um, but I uh, I created a list, uh, a 15 unit list that has 200 PV, and then I added uh, my favorite uh, Alpha Strike mech, uh, the Turkina Echo, skill two, um, to the to the list. So it's the the last unit in the list is a just in case we do play a, or I do play a. Uh, king of the hill or stand-up fight then i might have a smidge of a chance but um it was really interesting because each time he would move one i'd have to move like eight units so all my initiative sync type stuff would go out the window and he'd be like oh i'm just gonna this guy's gonna load up and then i move like five more units and then (laughs) so um i still lost but after that, I made a little better better list than that, and there was a lot of cheap crap in there. Cheap crap. Yeah. Cheap. There was there was a lot of stuff. There was there was a lot of stuff for me to shoot at. Let's just say. Um, but yeah, I, I I do think there is, and I think Tommy and I were talking about what if we combine the two? What if you have a Turkina with a skill two, and then fill the rest up with a bunch of stuff and. Uh, <clears throat> I don't know. It 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 seems like a, an interesting list, and I think Tommy's working on that, aren't you? Yep, I'm working on it. There's a there's a few more things I'm working on. Um, I'm taking some goods and bads out of uh, from these garage cons and hotel cons and uh, Rumble on the River. I'm trying a few more things in it uh, with uh, some charging units and and whatnot and some VTOLs and. I don't know about VTOLs. I'm not a big fan of VTOLs, but um, I like I like hover tanks and stuff like that, and a, a lot of cheap stuff. But uh, they have a, a good uh, a good place in the list. So, and just like uh, what Andrew's been saying all night, play what you like. I like fast stuff. Yep, I'm the I'm the guy that had the wolf and C that if you do it. If he's at medium range, he has like a plus six modifier. Um, yeah. Uh, I did play Matt with this list too. Uh, and most of the units that I had was, uh, 
I think plus uh, it was it was like PMM of four and whatnot. Except for that stupid urban mac. I hate urban macs. <laughs> I hate them with a passion. <laughs> I had to run to make that guy go like six inches. Run to go six inches. Um, yeah, we threw some buildings in that uh, test match too, and that was a lot of fun. Yes, I like that. We're kind of looking at that too. Uh, but did that was that was fun, like back and forth with high TMMs. Same thing again. It's win lose lose win situation. It's brute. Are you uh, are you working on anything new? Are you gonna put the tanks to bed or? Uh... Well, yeah, I'm I'm kind of tinkering with some different ideas. I think if I if I stick to the same thing too much, I might get stalemated and or. Somebody's going to come up with something that's just going <laughs> to smash me, and I won't even be relevant on the board anymore. <laughs> They'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah, eventually enough people are going to look at this and go, "Yeah, that's not going to not going to play with me anymore." <laughs> but no, I I kind of took a cue from Tommy's idea of a, of the swarm, <clears throat> and I've been kind of tinkering with some ideas on how to build a tank list that's faster hmm. so interesting maybe maybe hit a little less hard but still still utilize that that kind of tactical flexibility that <laughs> i think tanks really exhibit so you know one, one big thing about tanks is you know, yeah, you can get in my rear arc, but you you just got into short range of me too. Watch me spin around. <laughs> yeah, surprise. There is. Um, I think Matt and I on the long drive home. Uh, <laughs> oh, geez, solid, solid conversation. I'll, I'll the whole just way through the I'll book. just give you the name of the list, and then that's it. But it's uh, so far the the name of the list is the finger of God. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, that sounds like fun. It's probably not going to be good, but it's going to be a lot of fun to try. So I, th- I think we had to look up at least <laughs> we had four, to look up- four additional rules just to see <laughs> if it was functional for a mechanic. Just to and see if it would work. <clears throat> at breaking your breaking your uh, target to hit to six was difficult, but it's doable. It uh, yeah, it it was it was. It definitely took up a good two two hours of the of the ride home, so that's always that's always nice. It's gonna be yeah, a fun I, list to test out. <laughs> I'm right there with you. Uh, <laughs> I mean, Mike Michael uh, Michael Duzan was bit by the bug, and he's big on it. And we spent probably four and a half of the five five and a half hour drive home him trying to come up and and, and refine a list, <laughs> and and me sitting over to the side and like. Oh, that's a really good unit. I should I should see how I can incorporate that too. <laughs> I'm gonna steal that one. <laughs> like I, I made him a list, and I'm like, I don't know if I want to give you this. I think I might want to run this myself. <laughs> it's just like when people started arriving in Clinton, we we were still on the way, and we got talking. Oh, oh yeah. this person showed up. This person showed up. This person. Hey, they're thinking about maybe starting some play. And like, well, the funny thing is. They don't want to show each other the list before the tournament because <laughs> yeah, they're afraid yep. to give something yeah. away. Andrew, yeah. what you what you tell us when we were almost ready? Uh, that people wanted to play, but they were worried about uh, 
letting the cat out Showing. of the bag for their list for the tournament. Showing you know, their hand. Yeah. So, so pro tip: bring a B list. Yeah, hey, bring a B list for fun. Yeah, bring your B list for fun. Before, Sleeper before list before the tournament. For you know, pick up games afterwards or whatever. I am a hundred percent showing up to the battle barn with a pair of handcuffs, uh, handcuffed to a briefcase and a key, <laughs> like <laughs> laying it on the table. <laughs> Careful, you'll be the first person to be missing a set of keys. Oh, with these jokers. <laughs> yeah, then I got to roll dice with a briefcase. The finger of God is in that case. <laughs> Don't open it. I'm gonna bring the master key, aka a bolt cutter. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put like a little, uh, like a little light on the inside, so when I open it up, it's like Pulp Fiction. <laughs> it's gonna be uh, a physics game. How, how much does Coach weigh? And how many Vita oranges does it take to get that briefcase? <laughs> oh, that's fun. But I thought uh, that was kind of. I thought that was humorous when. When, the, when we were going to get ready to play, and then everybody was like, but I don't want to show the list I'm going to play tomorrow. And I'm like, it's really not going to matter, guys. But Oh, okay. that was that was like so like the first six months we started this, and it was just like, no, can't see it. <laughs> yeah. If you're going to play it anyways, like, okay. I, I, I know I... I when I first saw your kids, they were like, oh, great. It's great to see you. you gave me hugs. And they're like, you didn't bring your tanks, did you? And I'm like... <laughs> You'll find out tomorrow. Yeah, you you <laughs> really, kid. you really upset my daughter with your tank list. That first game at uh, at Sean's place, she was not a happy camper. <laughs> was awesome. Uh, it was the worst worst game. Looking looking at the face of a child that's the same I, or same age as my own, and just seeing how angry oh. she is, and it's all my fault. <laughs> I love how Cyclone. She kept coming to me. She's like, I don't know what to do, Dad. I just don't know what to do. I'm like, well, yeah, it's it's an interesting list. You'll figure. Uh, and, and, <laughs> and, and then the, the questions afterward, well, how would you beat it? I don't know. I don't even know why I made it. <laughs> I just did it. I did it because it was funny and I had turrets. The whole day I was sitting there wandering around watching you guys and I'm just like begging someone to do what I think can beat that list and nobody did it. And I was like, I just want to see someone try it. (laughs) Yeah. But nobody did it. It's it's interesting how people get focused in that gameplay and then people outside of the box are just like, what are you doing? (laughs) Just get in the middle. Oh, well. Why are you not scoring points? Just go for the king of the hill. <laughs> Get in the box. <laughs> What's in the box? Well, there, Get was, in there. there was no problem between Matt and, and Drew getting in the in the center of the board. <laughs> I, Drew was like, no. I want to be in the center. <laughs> can't get there. Oh, and good I, times. I did hold back the... Uh, held back the stooping hawk and... The oh, Wendigo from sprinting into that as well because they they could have made it too. I hate that stupid hawk. <laughs> you know, that's what Goolsby said. Oh, the the stupid hawk. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Oh, you, you, you gonna move your stupid hawk? <laughs> Jumping anvil. You just keep hitting it. Nothing sits opposite. All right. We got about twenty more minutes. What else we got? We got uh, requests. 
Eyes, oh. can anyone help me get good? I'm looking for any good general strategies, tactics, write-ups for Alpha Strike, or classic Battletech. Anything good on unit synergy and smart force building? Well, one, you can join the Wolf Knight Radio Podcast Patreon and Ooh. get a gem of the month every month from uh, yours truly around the uh, command staff here. Two... Can you help me get good? Mm, that's a loaded question. Um, one, practice. Always get games in. Two, understand what your unit's supposed to do. Uh, always know the role of your unit. And if it fits with the rest of them. General strategy and tactics. Stick to the... Um, objective. Don't forget the objectives. People forget the objectives. Yes. They get smoke and mirrors on, oh, I should kill this thing, and I should run away from that. Like, no, the objectives. Get in the objective. Right, Gideon. I, I, I guess the oh, best... absolutely. The best piece of advice is um, put yourself in a position to shoot where you can't get shot back at. And if you can't, <laughs> make it harder for them to shoot you. Than it is for you to shoot them. Uh, being in trees and partial behind partial cover helps a lot. Well, to a degree. In that middle. To a degree. Medium yep. Numbers. Well, and, and I mean, I think that this question was posted, if I remember right, in the just general in our in the uh, Facebook group. Um, so we might not be the best people to answer this question. You know. Yeah. You know, we got to be good to be able to tell people how to get good. So, <laughs> uh, but so brute then should answer this question. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, brute tanks. There's the brute answer. Bring tanks. tanks. <laughs> but, I mean, terrain. Terrain is much more important than you ever think it is. The first time you play it and you don't play it right, you're gonna you're gonna be kicking yourself because when you put terrain in the wrong place, it's it's gonna hurt. And it's I think most, I, go ahead. It's one of the most decisive factors on defense offense. I completely agree with that. It's you cannot understate or overstate how important uh, the rain is. And another thing, like when it comes to list building, I know uh, a lot of people are seeing like with with the, being a three fifty. It's not about what's your what's the best list you can make this 350 points it's about building the best 200 point combinations you can come up with and and having you know a decent amount of flexibility because i mean the in it's playing is the best way to learn firsthand what's working and what's not and once you get that that eye-opening experience you can apply that to how you're going to build your lists and it, it totally changed my view on how I was going to build them. So now I have, you know, this part of my list is going to be solely focused for these two, you know, scenarios. And this part is for these other three scenarios. And then I can change back and forth and, and move things around a little bit to kind of help customize what I'm going up against. But, and that's, that's a big factor. Uh, yeah. And, and I think just in in general is make sure you're maximizing what you're getting out of what you're doing, um, especially in total warfare. 
Um, if you are, um, like, let, let, let's say you have moved your, your maximum walk speed and, oh, but I want to turn my field to fire. Don't, you know, can I torso twist and accomplish that same thing and keep myself one TMM lower for myself? Um, always just looking at, is this, can I min max this? And like I said earlier, going off of odds, you always want to be a couple lower than what your like, like what uh, coach was saying, you, you want your to hit numbers a couple lower than your opponents and you want it right in the middle of the roll range. You know, if you're rolling, if you need sixes, you want to make sure your opponent needs eights. If you need sevens, he needs nines. Uh, he or she. I shouldn't uh, be uh, gatekeeping on that. Gate Cyclone is like the, the most ardent uh, new player we have. So, um, but Right, when she comes up meeting you and seeing you again, like, I can't wait to destroy you. Like, oh, that was nice. Yeah, she won't right. mince words with you. So. <laughs> oh, no, she was a sweet little girl. <laughs> when am I going to kill you next? Right. Um, and then, uh, like, uh, tactics t with uh, Tommy way back, episode, what, 1.1, 1. 1, um, being at the maximizing your ranges. So if your sweet spot on most of your weapons is at 10, uh, the longest medium range you have is 10 hexes well hang around that 9 10 hex range because that way you're getting the most out of your weapons without them being able to maximize theirs um and i think that that's a oh and to go back to the the list building a big part of it and i'm a a very i'm a big proponent of um improv being a being improvised improvising that's what i'm trying to say improvising uh because it's what you think you're going to do before the match is never what you're doing during the match yeah or during the game so not necessarily coming up with the perfect list but in the moment identifying okay what what can my units do what roles can they fill right now um i know like when i'm rolling with these guys doing stuff on mega mech i I take my Ryokan and I'm, I'm a striker. I'm 100% a striker. A Ryokan you can use as so many different things, but when I'm with, with these guys, that's my role. I, I wait till somebody gets opened up a little bit or loses some, uh, gets thin on armor. And then I go in there and I crush them. And that's, that's what I do. They, they do all the damage. I do a little damage, but very precise. So, um, it's just kind of figuring out where you fit. Yeah. Sorry, that was well, another rant. Mario, I wanted to ask you too. I mean, you've you've been to all all four of the events that we've held. How important was it to play the scenarios to get an understanding of how you wanted to build your 350? Um I it was it was pretty important. I I actually had to be I I didn't I missed GarageCon in January. I didn't get to go to that one. So, in the other, oh, right. you didn't make the Iowa one. That's yeah, right. the, yeah. I, but um, getting to play all of the scenarios against an opponent that you you have no control over is it's it'll teach you a lot real fast. Uh, I actually the playing in uh, playing in Rumble on the River was the first time I actually got to play um, the Rampage game. And that did not go at all the way I had planned. 
<laughs> I, I I was totally. I mean, yeah, you're Charles nailed it with being able to improvise. I was all set up for you know I'm I'm going full offensive and I ended up completely on the defensive. So uh, that is my favorite scenario. That's I liked it. It was fun. It was fun, but I it totally it flipped me on my head on what I had to do. Best plans never survive contact with the enemy. I can uh, I can give you some advice on classic battles like on how not to be good. Don't pick a Big Mac, stand on top of a hill, and not move for a couple of rounds. Don't do that. <laughs> Jesus. Don't do that. <laughs> unless you need to get unless you need to get to bed early. <laughs> yeah, that's magnet. That that's been like six months, and that is still a lesson he <laughs> thinks about all the time. Does he? Does he? Uh... Well, he, he talks so. about it between games. I mean, I don't know if during yeah. games he still thinks about it. But... <laughs> we'll the best lessons are learned for the pain and hardship. We'll find out because we got we got the U-Tube, U-Tube v WNRP coming up. 28th. We're doing that Friday? Saturday. Saturday, 30th. 29th. Oh, sorry, uh, 29th. Sunday's the 30th. Anyway, be... Uh, now that I brought it up, that was totally random, but uh, just uh, keep keep an eye on the Facebook page, Discord channel, all this other stuff. We're having a fun charity event with uh, on the Origin of Battle Mech podcast and Wolfnet Radio podcast, so keep your eye on that. Hey, then shout-outs. Oh, I, I was going to say, don't we have some trivia that uh, trivia. somebody wanted to do? Oh, yeah. Aaron, don't read Sword, it. Swords have long been... <laughs> no, I mean, it, yeah. It doesn't no. have the answer. Oh, it doesn't even have the well, answer on there. <laughs> yeah, but he'll, he'll read it wrong, and then there will be 12 possible answers. And Okay, so the trivia is, swords have long been a part of storytelling, and some are so important that they are given their own names. The Battletech universe is no different. Give us the name of a sword with its own name that is unique to Battletech and the source where you found it. You can send your answers through the public Facebook page's messenger or comment on this episode's release post on Facebook. The first listener to do this will win a signed copy of Shrapnel 4. No telling which author might sign it. Whoa. Swords. That's cool. (laughs) Yeah, you know how hard it is to come up with trivia that you can't just type in Sarna? And then whatever you want to find out, and it shows up. So before anybody tries, if you type Sarna into Google and then put Battletech Swords, it won't work. Ooh. So don't even try it. <laughs> I'm gonna They're try going to try it anyway. You know, oh, yeah, they you know totally I'm trying try it right it. now. <laughs> Was this a red herring? Am I trying to throw you off? Red herring. <laughs> but, but the reason for uh, including oh. the uh, source is because I I know of at least one. So if you get the one that I'm thinking of, bonus points to you. Um, But I also know that there very well could be another one or two out there. So I don't want to uh, exclude it because I can't say that there aren't more. So there's at least one, though. Good trivia question. Good prize, too. Signed copy of Shrapnel 4. Oh, sorry, Mario. You don't get to participate because you're on this episode. (laughs) (laughs) Fools on you. Thanks for coming out. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I I accept that. (laughs) 
Uh, before we go to shoutouts, just um, the Wolfnet Regiment has is done with the campaign um, in Wolf Empire territory, and we're doing something a little fun. We're just doing a good old fashioned um, uh, company versus company uh, kind of a bracket challenge. Which, uh, the Wolfnet Radio Tournament of Champions, I think, is what I called it. So. Uh, that is in full swing. I think we've got like six or eight games in on pa- on the first round. So I will be posting um, posting those uh, periodically throughout the the couple of months ahead. Um, so root for your own favorite star and uh, and uh, see. Hopefully they win. Go Fenrir. I'll be rooting, ag- I'll be rooting against uh, Coach. That's fine. <laughs> I'm for I'm all for Inferno. I mean, we I we got to play our second match, and Eden tried to gun me down with a Mad Cat in my elemental armor. I survived. Oh, let's see. So far, Bravo first, Fenrir first. Ooh, Inferno's one and one. Alpha for, or Alpha first or second is one and zero. Oh. Gamma second is one and zero, oh, and Inferno two is one and zero. Oh, so. Good, good times had by all so far. Inferno's one and one. It's a lot of fun. So, anyway, we'll keep everyone updated, and that's really all I had for the regiment. So, shout outs. Shout outs. Hey, you uh, guys. <laughs> I got a. I'll I'll start. I wanted to give a, a shout out to. Uh, Derek at Aries Games and Miniatures and Bobby at Fortress Games and Miniatures for supplying awesome prize support for um, all of our events that we've done. Uh, they've been great about getting us cool stuff to give to give to people and, and offer good prize support. So a big thank you to the both of them. Um, <clears throat> I want to thank everyone who made it out to Rumble on the River. Um, that was a really, <laughs> we can't thank everyone who showed up enough, um, that helped us out figuring out a lot of things. So, um, thank you to everyone for that. Um, and I'd also like to thank my co-hosts here with us. Um, the last couple of weeks have been a little rough on communication, but I think we're getting some things figured out. So, um, thank you guys for fighting through the, the stuff and, and coming out better on the, on the other side. So Matt. Uh, I got, uh, thanks for everyone for uh, the birthday wishes of the 22nd. Appreciate it. And, uh, I do feel old, so we're going to continue feeling old until, uh, the body, uh, completely breaks down. <laughs> <laughs> But I'm hoping to get frozen maybe sometime. Just like, no, never mind. Forget that. <laughs> I'll just die. You don't want to get freezer nice. burned? Yeah, you, don't you go mad burned? real fast afterwards, right? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, thank you. Um, for, for my shout outs, uh, Greek Fire. Over at MUL, the, you are a rock star, sir. You are showing up and in all over the place, uh, especially on Discord. I guess 
other places too, maybe where I'm not at, but um, anywhere where people are having problems with MUL, I see you swooping in, fixing things. Matter of fact, like seven minutes, I think it was after letting you know that the Omni Marauder does not have the Omni special, you fixed it. I mean, that is wow. ridiculously quick. So that, I mean, th that's the kind of support and help that goes so far in the community. So thank you for that. Um, also, uh, Derek at Aries Games and Minis, not only for supporting the podcast and the history of all that, but I emailed him um right after shrapnel 4 dropped i wanted to pick up a handful of copies so i would be able to you know get them to you know p family members you know people who thought that was the coolest thing um but uh it is anyway. the coolest thing. <laughs> <laughs> well thank you i mean i i i really don't want it to be i'm a strong proponent or strong of mind that i need to at least get a couple published before i can really start thinking of any highly thinking highly of myself but anyway um and it was just kind of a happy accident my wife ordered a couple to surprise me with so then i ended up with a couple extra so uh because of derek already you know like he i i emailed him said hey i'm looking for a handful of copies and he totally hooked me up um and like he he did all the work, so it was super, <laughs> like, I emailed him, said, hey, I'm looking to get five copies, and, like, as soon as he got the stuff in, I got an invoice, and it was he was like, yeah, just come on, come over here, pay, it'll be awesome, <laughs> so thank you, that is customer service, that is awesome, um, and then also, just all the listeners, I'm going to totally jump on this before Aaron can say it, <laughs> um, because we, trying to be a like cover all things battle tech it's a lot that we try to cram in so we, we sometimes we get into areas that maybe not everybody's like dead interested in so everybody that sticks around with us and listens through uh, our total just broad scope to get to the you know the morsels that bring them in uh, thank you and all of the talk in the discord and facebook and i mean we got the number one community on the internet i swear and that's the end of my ranting. I have ranted all night. I apologize to all the listeners. Thank you. I think we just came up with a title. Charles Talks, the group listens. <laughs> the orations of Charles. Yeah. Rose of Wisdom. I want to give a shout out to Mark, Uncle Mark. You know who you are. Uh, I think the it seems like he's always on uh, YouTube. Each time I, if I can't make to an event and I pull up YouTube and I'm watching the live event, he's always on there at one point in time or another. So shout out to him. Uh, Luke, uh, I believe you, most people uh, probably listen to this podcast just to listen to the history brief. So. <laughs> um, yeah. No pressure. He's not wrong. He's not, not wrong. wrong. I don't know <laughs> well, thank you. I, I, for whatever reason, anybody listens, thank you. And thank you guys for, yeah, for everything we're all doing. It's a team effort. 
Was that it? Yep. Aaron. Uh, I'm going to keep mine short and sweet. One Uncle Mark will be on this podcast the next cast. So I've said it, and I have to stick to it this time. <laughs> so you will all in the Battletech community get to know who Uncle Mark is. He is a wonderful man. Um, two, want to shout out Kaji because he, um, v- on the last uh, podcast post, put it about as plainly as possible. Um, fast forward to history briefs, br- history briefs. Okay. Now I can go listen to the rest of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so for you, buddy, I will keep putting the timestamps on there. Um, yeah. And everybody else just listening. Um, thank you so much. I want to, I want to especially thank our Patreon members. Um, we're growing every day and, uh, uh the support that you guys give us, uh, really helps us supply a lot of stuff for the um for all these tournaments that we're putting on so thank you for that um i've got some stuff that i've got around here soon that uh a bunch they we finally got the whole address thing figured out so i have everyone's address on the patreon so that's a good thing uh goodies are on their way eventually um hopefully soon so not much just just a little thank you from us um, so don't get too excited. <laughs> well, can I iterate one more thing? Sure. Um, to w- one more shout out to uh, Seneca for making the Wolfnet gear look good. Oh Thanks, yeah, Seneca puts the the models on the on the Queensboro page to shame. You know he is a he is a firefighter. I know so he would go in the calendar really well. We could, we could put him in the calendar. Real easy. <laughs> you can take my spot. <laughs> no, Tommy, you hey, have to model Tommy, just patches. Us fat guys got to stick together, buddy. Oh, I know, uh, but I'm as big as a turkina. So, <laughs> which are the longest months in the calendar? Okay. thirty-one, August, July. There you go. Are you? You get a shout out. Uh, yeah, uh, I want to give a shout out to everybody that's stuck with me throughout all the Tuesday night fights. I mean, uh, we got Sadistic, Gold, Todd, and got uh, What a Dive, Connor, Eden. I mean, there, there's so many of them. Uh, I apologize when I, I know I miss some of you guys, but they've, they've stuck it out. We've done it for over a year now. And, uh, I want to give a special thanks and shout out to my wife uh, for putting up with me playing Battletech and coming up for the tournaments and stuff and for helping to put together the little uh, uh, cheat sheets we had for all the tables at the last tournament. Oh, those were awesome. Great, thank you. It it, it would have taken me like two days to do it, and she had it done in like five minutes. So. Well, I, I tell you what, if, if you could promise to always put no nukes or any... <laughs> uh, no command line nukes, yeah. yeah. Fang, yes. Yes, <laughs> no more of that. It did make the game really interesting. Well, if nobody's got anything else... I uh, don't think so. Thank you for, thank you for enjoying our... Uh podcast again tonight we wish you a pleasant tomorrow and a great evening and uh you can comment concerns uh, reach us at wnrp at wolfstragoons.com you can also find us on like we said before facebook discord youtube and patreon
Should we cut?